1: Blog Talk Radio Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I- and I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign, But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee, come on bended knees Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below,
2: yeah
1: East, West, North and South, I sense your presence Without and within, below and above, yeah yeah, East, West, North and South, I sense your presence I sense your presence My Lord of light and love Everything I find in tune with the divine And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I am the light within your soul, in the essence of truth and right, love makes a circle and when I call to thee, you come on bending knees, surrender to the all pervading light. I Reflections of the ones surrounding me with love For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy way of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy angel of the most high Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence
0: I sense your presence. Thank you for joining me here on Code Connection. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols George, and I'm your hostess. Music you were just listening to at the beginning of the show is "I Sense Your Presence." It's by a group called Shemshai, and you can check out more of their music. They're always putting out some new things and having tours that are going on. You can do that, that uh, by checking them out on their website at, at uh, com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And you can also check them out on Facebook as well where they uh, post quite a bit of their happenings there. And I just want to extend a welcome to everybody, whether you have listened to the show before, you like what we do here, or whether you're returning because – or whether this is your very first time, I should say <laughs> – joining us because you said, hey, that seems like a really interesting topic today. I think I'll jump in and, and uh, listen in and see what they have to say. Um, we do stream live, by the way, in three additional pra- places. So I want to welcome everybody in those areas as well, which is Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder and 10 known as parent Encounters Network, and uh, It's great to have you there uh, listening as well, and to those people who happen to be catching the show as a podcast through iTunes, TuneIn.com, or through my YouTube channel. Now, what I do is during this show, I look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life codes, and many times I've got guests on the show, although I'm I'm splitting it really more and more. It's half the time I'm doing my own show, half the time I've got a guest on the show, and um, Uh, That way, it kind of gives you a chance to learn about their work, other things that might be an option for your code energy. And I also highlight different musical artists along the way. Last week, I had a wonderful artist on um, called Ariana and... um, she was. I, I'm drawing a blank on her last name. Isn't that strange? But Ariana was on last week. It was a wonderful show. Does um, a beautiful blend of Celtic Mediterranean music. And I normally bring on musical guests about eight times a year with the turning of the season. So um, those are really fun shows to catch. Really relaxing. Great to listen to. And you know, I bring on a variety of different topics here: tools, resources, thoughts that are shared. But it's going to allow for your personal exploration, universal insights, and just expanding your perception of how life works. And it doesn't matter where you are in your path. If you've done a lot of work and been studying for years and years and years or you're just starting out, um, you know, we're all expanding our perception of how things are working and, and getting different views and ideas of what this life is all about for us. Now, in my own work, what I do is interpret a person's life codes to allow them to live a life filled with compassion. And I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement. You can catch that where other people have interviewed me. Um, That uh, is available through my website. And I've authored four books, the most recent being You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, as well as my first two books, Activating Compassion and Its Companion Workbook, as well as being a co-collaborator on a fifth book that's in the process of coming out right now. Uh, We expect some of the release on that to happen this month and uh, um, over the next couple of months as well. And that is called Embraced by the Divine, A Woman's woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. And that's going to be just a phenomenal uh, book to, to check out and to take a look at as well. In addition, I've created what is now called the True North Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, book signings, events, and fundraising events. And you can follow all of those things through my website, dot onecom And I do want to mention, if you enjoy the show today, you know, make sure that you share it with people. Tell people about it. It takes seconds to click a share button. And I can't even begin to tell you, How many times in sharing a show somebody has gone, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what I needed or, you know, I was just thinking about this or I was wanting to learn about that. You know, you could literally change a life just by clicking the share button and you don't know because you don't know always what somebody else is needing until you do that. And they can just use the same link that you use to get in the live show to join us in the archives or they can catch us through iTunes, TuneIn.com or through my YouTube channel. And all of my shows, by the way, are archived on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. Again, that's dot onecom So lots of options depending on how somebody likes to to join us or listen in or (laughs) do those things. Now, before we get started on everything, one of the things that I like to do is to delve into a book called The 72 Names of God, Technology for the Soul. It's by Yehuda Berg who is a Kabbalah master, and I love Yehuda's work because he keeps it simple. You know, he takes the big, giant concepts, he brings them into everyday language, and makes it tangible to put into our everyday life. So the the concept that we have today, as we move through the book, is called dumping depression. And in this, his initial message is, Life is fraught with obstacles and tests that sometimes knock us off our feet. When we do lose our balance and fall flat on our faces, it's important to stand up again rather than to sink into doubt and depression and dust ourselves off. Now, the insight he proceeds to give on this is, ascending the spiritual ladder requires far more greatness and strength than conquering nations, building empires, or attaining great wealth. The negative forces, also known as our ego, that dwell in the world use a two-step plan against us. They, one, make us fall. Two, keep us down through feelings of guilt and depression over our setback. Getting up again generates greater spiritual light in the world than if we had never fallen in the first place. The fact that we fell is not what's important. True greatness lies in the act of rising again. But depression is an alluring emotional state. In point of fact, it's downright tempting, for it, too, arouses energy within a downhearted individual. But the nature of this energy is negative and innocuous, whereas the spiritual energy of the light is positive and transformational. When we rise out of our depression with the intent to reveal light in the world, positive energy envelops us bringing great blessings and untold joy to all existence. And the meditation he gives on this is, emotional strength to stand after you stumble, to rise after you fall, and to endure when the path seems unendurable is bestowed upon you. And, you know, I have to say, I've implemented this message by Yehuda in my life, particularly over the last couple of years, those that have been following my work, following my path, um, know that I've had some pretty good knockdowns. (laughs) And fortunately, I've learned to laugh through them. Fortunately, I've learned to do a lot of things through them. And I have to verify that, indeed, every time I got up, my energy increased. Every time I rose again, every time I faced it, every time I endured the process and made my way through it, I became more powerful, if you want to say that, Um, more filled with light, more filled with compassion. Um, It's an amazing process. So remembering that when you're down is a really, really important thing. It's all about getting up. It's not the falling. It's not about, um, you know, just what you've been through or things like that. It's about getting up and, and doing something again. Now, every week I'd like to also give a little thought here to lead us into our topic for the week, and I do want to get on with our guest here as well, um, because our guest is really interesting today and I know is going to share some very powerful techniques that he's put together and a combination of techniques that is going to be, I think, very exciting and very interesting um, to have shared on this show, so... But for the day before we head on to our break and and move forward with our guests is how are your interactions with others? And have you ever thought about how your interactions affect your spiritual path? And what types of interactions do you usually have with others? It is interesting that we focus as we can, that as focused as we can be, excuse me, in the outer world, in this human existence, that we also often don't make the connection of interacting with others as part of our spiritual processes. Now, for many people, they think of a spiritual awakening as coming from within. And on one hand, it most certainly does. And on the other hand, it is interestingly an outer trigger that leads to the interchange or shift. Now, when I talk of spiritual awakening, I I don't see this just For people starting out on their path, but as an ongoing process of remembering and connecting with our own true self. No matter how many years one has studied or how conscious one has become, awakening will continue to show up for them, at least in a human existence. This is because the human mind is continually releasing new pieces of information for us to consider and work with in this existence or experience. Now, technically, they are not new because we already know this information, but it feels new because it's something that has been sitting in our universal consciousness and not our human mind consciousness. So when considering this is this why is the human interaction piece so important? You know, that's that's a big question there. This brings in a dynamic of how the human experience well experiences. And when we interact with others in any form it tends to have a very strong impact on us, our thoughts, feelings, choices, and so on. Our interactions with others allow us to experience the full spectrum of things. Now, while we can experience it within our own or on our own, it's almost as if for many they listen a little more or pay a little more attention when it comes to personal interactions. So now, of course, this can wrap back around into the whole aspect (laughs) that others are us and we are them and all is one. That then leads to the aspect that interactions with others is really interaction with self. However, there's also the aspect of those that have yet to develop going within and being in stillness. So interactions with others become their means for connection to themselves and the divine. Here again, we have a broad spectrum of those that love their interactions and those that would just prefer to be on their own, no right or wrong, just their piece of the whole. Now, Tim Thompson is one person that helps people learn how to empower themselves through their communications and interactions with others. And his work, which he refers to as interaction science, helps people to experience spiritual awakening through human relations and self-understanding. And it is a way of helping people to become a vessel of unconditional love. There is so much in this aspect that he brings forward. I know in my own life and interactions with others that many of our irritations with others stem from trying to force a human and mind-ego-based perspective into things instead of opening to see things through the eyes of divine self or from the perspective of unconditional love. Now, I also know that the more I have stepped into the unconditional love perspective and divine perspective, the easier my relations with others have become and the more fulfilling those connections are. I should also mention that our interactions are not only with other humans, but with the environment and all types of life, be it plant or animal. Our interactions are all about the experiences that we are getting in this life, and it is the way that we function and flow through this world. Have you had experiences that came from divine perspective with others? How has that shifted your relationship with them? And how have your interactions created self-understanding for you? Now, this week's code shares with us that major changes are in motion right now. And this is a time work plans may not go through as you would like them to. Unexpected things may happen that are out of your control, so to say. However, do not fear this time. Use it as an opportunity to regroup, focus on the simpler things in life, give yourself a new start, and allow for the opportunity that any immediate challenges can lead us to greater blessings later on. Do not be afraid to let go of what causes turbulence in your life. This time, ask us to master our comfort with uncertainty. Since we don't truly have anything but this moment, then ask yourself, what will you do with this moment, and how will you choose to be in this moment? No matter what is happening around you, it is your choice how you want to feel and how much you are willing to let it affect you. Forget the programming that tells you how to react or feel, and simply choose how you want to be. So that code is also pasted, by the way, or um, put on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, and um, you can go back and reflect on that during the week and uh, and catch everything through there. And again, that's Jesse and Nichols George, the number one dot com, and I'm going to take a short break here. When we return, I'm going to be sharing the uh, work of uh, Sifu, Dr. Tim Thompson, sharing his work in interaction science. And the song that I've got for you during our break comes by comes from Claire Hadeen, and it's called Listen to Me. Um, and Claire is somebody who was one of my very first guests, actually, on the show originally. But you can check out more of her work, by the way on her website, which is com, that's clarehedi com, and we'll be back in just a few minutes.
3: So you walk down the aisle, books on each side that you are waiting for, just one to catch your eye, and then you'll look through its pages, what will you find, all the answers to the questions that keep spinning through your mind, well never you mind, you'll seek what you find, cause the universe is (laughs) to me
2: <laughs>
3: Answers every
0: Welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. My name is Jessie Ann Nichols-George and I'm your hostess today. You were just listening to a song by Claire Hedin called Listen to Me and you can definitely check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedin.com. That's dot com. And today with me, I have a very, very interesting guest. I'm very um, excited to have this person on because they're going to share with us something kind of unique and different and that's Shifu Dr. Tim Thompson who's the creator and master alchemist of the Institute of Applied Human Relations LLC. He holds a PhD in organizational communication and is a Tai Chi Chuan Tai Chi Quan. <laughs> I hope I got that right. Grand <laughs> Old And Kundalini Reiki Master. Additionally, Dr. T is a spiritual messenger whose teaching and healing activities are specifically designed to help you empower yourself by showing you how to decode the secrets of self-transformation and healing, also known as spiritual awakening, group dynamics, group psychology, and communication skills that will completely open your heart chakra, enabling you to serve as a waterfall of love and joy. Besides Tai Chi Quan, oh gosh, I'm going to just tongue twist over that today. (laughs) Tai Chi Quan, currently his other two special teaching healing channels of expression are interaction science and various Reiki, Reiki modalities. Interaction science, also known as Isai, is a newly introduced and highly advanced approach to human relations and is the most powerful and effective character assessment and strategic influence system at this time. Reiki is a system of flushing or clearing the mind-body energy field to make way for unconditional love energy to flow without restrictions into all phases of your life. And you can learn more about his work by connecting with him through Facebook, which will be facebook.com learn iSci, forward slash (laughs) learn We're going to get it in there. The link's at the bottom of the show description for those that can see that. And uh, you can definitely catch up with it. And, Tim, it is really great to have you here on Code Connection. You know, I I couldn't get through the simpler words, but I could get the complicated
4: ones. <laughs> well, you did fine. You thank you very much for having me here, Jesse. And uh and and the, let me just say first of all that shibu is is the uh mandarin uh, language version of sifu, um which which is the chinese word which is equivalent to sensei right, in in the japanese because I'm, you know, um, I'm a black belt, so, you know, that so that term applies to uh, that rank, so to speak, and particularly a teacher. Um, and these um, interaction science, and then I, I use one of the reasons why I um, came up with the name interaction science is because I love uh, science fiction, or, or sci-fi for short, and so I get to uh, think of sci-fi by saying, I sigh. <laughs> yeah. and so that's kind of how that, that, that's part of how that came about.
0: Well, that that's good. And, you know, I could tell that. You and I connected through LinkedIn. You had responded to some of the posts that I had made along the way. And I always enjoyed in that engagement. I'm like, here's somebody who's really got a mind and who really <laughs> is a thinker, you know. Um, and And I could feel that connection there. But I would love actually for you to start by sharing with people how did you get into doing this work that you're doing and developing up interaction science i mean what somewhere you had to have a yearning there or something <laughs> that that um opened the door for you
4: righty. well that's a great question and um i'm going to invite uh, anyone who is listening to uh strap on your seatbelt right now because Um, What I'm about to tell you is not going to be like the story that anybody else uh, that I know of uh, will be able to tell. Um, So uh, here we go. (laughs) The ride is beginning to be beginning right now. Um, Actually, um, just like I don't know if you're familiar with um, um, Abraham Hicks, who is channeled through Esther Hicks. Or uh, Daryl Anka who channels Bashar and people like that But actually um, yeah, I'm kind of um, um, a different version of what they're doing Except the difference is it's not a uh, an earth personality acting as the PA system The way it is for, uh, for those uh, uh, particular beautiful souls in my case, I came into a process that is uh, esoterically known as a walk-in. And um let me give you a little bit of background first, really quickly. Um some th- some things that you said about the uh, when you're um opening uh, message on this show here about how um the humanity is progressing and opening up and growing um you know evolving spiritually is right on point and um in my case actually I came from another realm so to speak and I came into a um the lowest of the low type of of um human experience that you can have um, you know, came in into a dysfunctional family, and a uh, family that was in a state of financial struggle, and um, you know, always around uh, violent surroundings and and the medic self medicating surroundings, a lot of drug use and all this kind of thing were all around. Um, gang activity all around. Um, all kinds of things going on that could easily stop someone from finding um, their purpose, uh, uh, you know, in, in an incarnation. Well, anyway, so the body, I say I was, I'm a walk-in. The, the The infant was born with a brain hemorrhage and, um, and was in the hospital for a month, uh, according to my mother, While the the medical staff tried to, um, you know, tried to overcome the disease, uh, or the, should I say, the condition, but the, but they gave up because they weren't able to, um, you know, overcome it. So what they did was sent the, um, the body home, the infant home. It was still alive, but um, not able to eat without uh, regurgitating the milk and you know and, and it was just a mess um so about a, I don't know a month or so into the process um i you know i made a, an agreement with with the um with the being who really felt like well, there was nothing more that he could do, and we made an exchange now um. Now I came in with a particular uh, mission, and which is the mission that I'm carrying out. Um, so from the time that I came in, um, you know, my mother t- used to tell me about how all of a sudden uh, my eyes lit up, and what was going on was and she thought that you know, um, you know she had uh, doomed me to a um, to an early death, but because of the exchange all of a sudden everything changed so within 8 months um no traces of the brain condition were evident and uh, you know then um it was for me after having been have to deal with a stroke like condition where the whole right side of the body was not was nonfunctional and all of that um you know my task was first to get the body normalized stabilized um and you know, get it working properly. And I was hovering above it, but also trying to operate it like a marionette. You know. So finally got that done. And once that, once once I got through the physical, the, the worst of the physical difficulties, then it became um, important to try to uh, figure out uh, what's going on on this planet. And um, i tell you, it was it was a difficult situation because. Um, <laughs> Here's my report i'm gonna give you a re- a quick report. The planet earth um has been in this in a state of uh isolation for a while and when I say isolation, what i mean is um the main um energy and communication circuits in in within the creation um you know enable anyone. Uh, to plug into whatever's going on um, throughout the uni- uh, throughout all of the creation. And there are many universes, not just one. So, um, but Earth, it has been in, in the state of isolation and is also an experimental uh, planet. But because of the um, progress that has been made by lightworkers on the Earth, um, you know, there's, a movement toward lifting that isolation and making available um, some more of those mental circuits. And so when I say mental circuits, I mean actual uh, being plugged into lines of communication, right? So just if you think about uh, going from coaxial cable to fiber optics, it's the same kind of thing. Now, all of a sudden, you get a lot more uh, lines that you can plug into and a lot more information can fit into that space. So more and more people are starting to um, connect with some of these uh, mental circuits of humanity that have not been active. When I talk about those mental circuits, one of the things that um, people are used to being referred to is uh, how how much of the uh, brain we use. We talk about uh, using some say 10% of the brain, some say a little less, but it's in, in that range and um uh, the part that the parts that are being used are really are those are represented by those inactive circuits, <laughs> so I came in specifically with a specific job, and I came in with the job of trying to help people to activate some of those circuits that so that they can actually gain access to other parts of their brains and The more people um start to actually do that um the quicker um earth will actually um be able to be included in the family of, of um inhabited planets so so you actually
0: stepped in to this existence very early on right around yes. the birth time frame and yes. we have had um you know another guest on in the past uh trying to think if it was earlier this year where we had claire candy Hugh on Mm -hmm. and she also is a walk-in and Mm -hmm. um so you know we are seeing more and more of this uh going on or becoming evident um i think today where there are walk-ins that have come in and and uh under different conditions, with you, a very specific purpose, with other people, mm-hmm. sometimes it's been an aspect of them just being so frustrated with their existence. <laughs> they need somebody to come <laughs> yes. in and and right. clean things up and take care of things and and uh you know make the the jumps that they they couldn't make uh themselves so there's there's a variety of things, and I wanted to just touch on that because um. Some people have heard that term. Some people haven't. Uh, mm-hmm. In there, uh, so right. you came in with this purpose of helping people evolve, helping people open to a more rapid advancement as a collective here on Earth. Okay. And
4: it, um, should I should I um, should I go now? Or <laughs> go right ahead. You ready? <laughs> For, okay <laughs> i just want to make sure i'm not interrupting your question or something um the well yes um you were talking about interaction and experience and i was smiling very deeply when we were talking about that because um it's really the the more experience you have um and the more the greater the variety of experiences you have the more challenges you face the more uh, stable and 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 uh, strong your uh, understanding becomes. Uh, Without having experience, one may have some understanding, but it's going to be relatively shallow and and easy to destabilize. So the more experience you have um, and the more challenges you face, um, if you know how to work through the challenges and use every challenge as a growth experience, a growth opportunity, um, then you really become uh, super strong. Um, So I have a lot of experience with with dealing, you know, on, on in different, um, um, you know, different locations in the creation. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and and um, you know, and when I say experience, I'm talking about material experience. Going through a lot of different things, having uh, made it through a lot of different things, and come out on the other side. So, uh, because of that. Um, Here's the you know what what I you know, actually was dispatched to do. I'm gonna see these. This is the first time I'm actually putting this into words um, for the sake of uh, somebody listening <laughs> who who I'm you know just talking in, in general general terms. Um, right now, uh, the human population on Earth um, is um, is in a state of believing that the conscious mind is Separate from the subconscious mind And that the subconscious mind Is um, very difficult to access And because of uh, The belief That the the subconscious mind Is so difficult to access Many people believe that they cannot do Anything about their addictions And they believe they cannot do anything About their fears And their self-doubts and so forth like that And they believe that uh, Any remedy for those things Comes from outside of themselves and they don't believe that they can um, do anything about it themselves. Well, actually, um, uh, the truth of the matter is, um, there's a, um, human beings have so much power um, to use their creative thinking and imagination to completely um, connect the conscious mind and the subconscious mind by building a what I call a stargate bridge or a portal. Uh, between the two, so that you can access anything in your subconscious. And in the subconscious, um, whatever is in your subconscious uh, is what is going to show itself in your thinking and in your behavior, right? So that consists of two things. The subconscious consists of two parts, if you will. One is the actual um, set of beliefs that you have. So it will be like the... Um, the uh, memories that you have in your uh, in your computer, right? And the other one is the emotional relationship that one has to the beliefs that I hold. Now, a belief is a for a human being, a belief is a, is a tuning fork. So anything that you uh, believe, um, you, you tune into the vibration of the thing that you believe. So you're tuning into and forming a vision in the mind of, which is a picture of the thing that you believe to be true. So that becomes one's individual reality. Now, um, the link and the the key aspect that is really that really causes people so many problems is um, not realizing that the emotional uh, attachment that one has is what keeps the belief going. If you change the way you feel about something, you'll change what you see, and if you change what you see, you'll also change how you feel about it. The driving force behind any change that one does is the emotional relationship. That's why emotional intelligence is being talked about in so many places and in so many ways. That's why emotional intelligence is so powerful and so meaningful because um, learning how to uh, use um, the emotional uh, relationship, the emotional exchanges that we have, sort of like an artist uses uh, paint and a brush or a sculptor uh, uses material (laughs) and and manipulates material, that actually is the key to gaining access to and merging this conscious mind and the subconscious mind. So what I did was... um, through the experiences I had, and I had some really crazy experiences, some really, really uh, difficult ones. But I went through them rapid fire, so that I could uh, consolidate them all and then put it together into a system of okay, now how do, how do I respond to uh, this difficult emotional challenge, like a death of a loved one or whatever it happens to be, right? I lost my job and. You know that people hate me, and I'm getting you know uh, people uh, cyber. Of course, I came in before there was any cyber bullying because we didn't have computers, but but you know all of that stuff where people are giving me a hard time. How do I now um, um, go inside myself, and what do I anchor myself on in order to um, in order to use um, this difficulty as a, um, a growth opportunity? So. Um, It started to develop Eyesight started to develop uh, Little by little First it came came the overview Which actually is really interesting I was taking a shower uh, Probably in 1994 And while I was in the shower um, This information uh, Dropped into my mind Like a zip file opening up And um, Before the end of the day It wouldn't let me um, alone, I couldn't think about anything else. So before the end of the day, by the end of the day, I had um, written out, I had typed out twenty pages, which became the the basic um, um, seed of what is now ISI. Uh, and okay, so so from there, here's here's what ISI is in a nutshell. Basically, I
0: I want to jump in and okay. here for a minute, Tim, yeah. before you go yeah, sure. into that explanation. And just kind of touch base, it's, um, you know, a couple of things you brought up that you actually create stability and strength by facing challenges and by delving Mm -hmm. into some of these fears and, and the subconscious arena. And I think this is really important because a lot of people feel so unstable in the midst of challenges. And we're in a period, and and have been, particularly the last few years, where a lot of challenges are being presented to people. A lot of challenges are coming up for people to deal with, and there's no getting out of them. They've got to deal with them. And so I'm glad that you brought that point up, because I know that I have certainly found that um, in myself, that the strength isn't in staying afraid of these things, but in facing them, and... Um, and then you also brought up uh, oh, the the way the information downloaded for you. And I think that, you know, thank you for being so transparent about that because, uh, you know, most people, they think that, that people are sitting and meditating and some, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Well, your light bulb pops over their head, and boom, there it is. It just kind of materializes and you know I myself have had many similar experiences where in the most common everyday routine routine things that we're doing in our life, um this information can be transmitted if we're open and we're listening and and it just brings that reminder home by you sharing that that if we stay open and willing to listen at all times, then we'll, we'll also be able to tune in to those bits of information. Because as they say, you know, about meeting people, you'll meet the right person when you least expect it. Well, this information downloads when you least expect it. At least that's my experience. Yes,
4: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, there's really... Um, this this information is always available because it's part of our nature. Right. So, um it, the question is are we ready for it? You know, and, and the and the test of whether you're ready for it is are you listening for it and, and and um expecting to bring it in, right? Are you um really just is the heart completely open? When the heart is completely open, that information will come in and you will recognize it for what it is. And it doesn't matter when that is. Normally it comes in when you need it. (laughs) Yes, it comes in (laughs) when you need it and when you're ready. You know,
0: sometimes we keep wondering, well, when's it going to come in? When's it going to come in? And sometimes we just have one of those challenges that we need to face to build the strength up that we need or the um, stability up that we need to um, to handle that information that's coming through, because oftentimes, you know, we, we don't know how much is there and how big that information can be for us. So I'm going to let you go ahead and keep moving forward with sharing with us, you know, really what interaction science is.
4: Okay. All right, I'm going to start this way, because um, sort of piggybacking off of something you said about uh, just now about uh, people having um, maybe grief or depression and things like that, right? Well, and uh, negative feelings and being assailed by negative uh, circumstances. Oh, well, here's the thing that I um, say to my uh, college students when I teach communication classes. Um, here it is. Everybody, um, I don't care who the person is, uh, if if someone that you care about and 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 is important to you says something to you that's hurtful or mean, uh, it's going to sting. I don't care who you are. The initially is going to sting because nobody wants to have something mean and hurtful said to them. On the other hand, if the sting just keeps going and going and going and it doesn't stop, like the Energizer Bunny, just keeps going. There's, um, if you really look at it, if that thing persists uh, over time, what that really signifies is that at some level you agree with what the person said. So that then points us to the whole thing about um, I, in I I have this, uh, I do this little diagram thing that I call the um, uh, core perceptual matrix. Cause that's your bottom line. That's your system code. For your physical uh, presence, your uh, your material body and all that stuff. It's your core perceptual matrix. That's so. That's the um, OS, the operating system, <laughs> uh, mind, if you will. Now, in that core, uh, which registers all of the uh, interactions that you've ever had in this incarnation, um, and it, and when I say registers, it's it, It associates a picture of the the event along with the dynamics of how you felt about yourself and about the others in the interaction during the event. And within that, um, that core perceptual matrix is your foundation for who you believe you are now. No matter who you are, that's what's happening. So then the question becomes, uh In the core perceptual matrix they, you have your beliefs, what you believe to be true about yourself, so I would call it your self concept, which consists of what you believe to be true about yourself and what you be- uh, and how you feel about what you believe to be true, which is self esteem and then on the other side, we have world view, and this is the interaction, so your self concept is interacting with world view, and world view consists of what you believe to be true about the other person and how you feel about what you believe to be true about them. So that is a constantly dynamic dance in your interaction. So depending on how you feel about yourself, you're going to be expecting either good things to come your way from this person or negative things to come uh, your way from this person. And depending on how you feel about the other person, you're going to be expecting them to give you good things or give you bad things. So, um, in order to really learn from our experiences, we must um, stay cognizant of just looking to pay attention to how we what we believe to be true about ourselves, and we can monitor our self talk to to actually uh, stay on top of that, and um, and make corrections if we're actually playing a mental tape that's negative in ourselves, that we're setting ourselves up for failure. Um, all right, so I Let me go into the structure of I
2: saw.
4: I has four levels, um, they lead to the ability to consciously create whatever you want in your life. So, here's the first level it's called soul review. So, soul review uh, really involves uh, going into your subconscious. Now, how do you do that? Well, when you meditate actually you you can use meditation as an invitation in and in a an excursion into your subconscious. How so? Because when you do um the kind of meditation that I always advocate um which is uh study is just observing the total process of uh, of your mind and the and the thoughts that it's generated so whenever you think a thought, you engage that thought and follow it back to its origin. It'll, when you do that, and it wants you to do that, so when you follow your thought back to its origin, you'll be able to see uh, what you still believe to be true about yourself. Even You may be holding on to a belief that uh, applied when you were five years old but no longer applies, so you get to see whether you're doing that. So in soul review, you're cleaning out your your core beliefs so you can empty that space up and, and create a a vacuum, if you will, so that the more the higher frequency spiritual thoughts can now come in and make a home where the ego was in charge previously, right? Um, So that's what we do. The second stage is learning how to uh, practice relaxing your emotions. So we practice relaxing the emotions um, through a, a process called empathic listening, listening with total empathy. So you're listening to understand all aspects of, of yourself and the other person who you're listening to. When you do that, you actually create a, a spiritual bond, a heart-to-heart bond um, that if, uh, can get strong enough to be unbreakable. And the um, the deeper you go into listening with empathy, without instead of with judgment, instead of judgment, with empathy instead and compassion instead, the deeper you go into that, the um, more influential you actually become as well. Then the third stage is called a tactic, and I borrowed the tactics from an Aikido uh, person. Uh, it's a communication um, thing, and it's a, it's a conflict utilization tool. So uh, when people are emotionally attacking you and, and so forth, you can actually um, redirect their emotional energy, and that's where I use um, Tai Chi principles. I use uh, Tai Chi Um, uh, Self-defense fighting principles to redirect people's energy, emotional energy In order to use the tactics, you have to be able to relax your emotions Let me say one more thing about relaxing emotions The point of relaxing emotions is um, just like if you feel a physical pain If you relax the part of your body that's feeling the pain The pain will disperse uh, over a wider area of the body, which makes it easier to um, to overcome the pain. But if the pain is concentrated, and if you tense up and concentrate the pain, it's harder to overcome. So then that's the third stage. And the fourth stage, the final stage, is called social alchemy. And this is where you actually are um, constantly paying attention to where people are in their uh, self-understanding and where they are in their um, heart expression. You know, are they keeping walls between themselves and the other people in their lives, or are they opening their hearts and um, and letting the, the true understanding of goodness um, come in and and um, take over their lives? So when you get make it through all, the, and those are all four skill levels. When you make it up through all four skill levels. Um, you have now obtained the ability to consciously create using imagination using um sound thinking uh, principles um and also using um compassion um all together in one package you now have the ability to consciously create whatever you want in your life
0: Wow. <laughs> so- there's a lot of information in there in <laughs> no, what no, you no, just no. said no. Yeah. that's okay, but it's good because I'm glad that you broke down these key components um, in this and and I think that that's you know there there are these big pieces a lot of people they get so busy doing doing doing, they forget that one of the the biggest key first steps is to just Observe, and I know it's one mm-hmm. of the points that I've been stressing, particularly over the last um couple of months with people, is step back and look at what's really happening because I think we get way too close to the situation sometimes, especially if we care about somebody, you know if they're a mm-hmm. spouse or a partner or a child or a parent, you know even if you have your conflicts, you care about these people usually. And we we don't stop and really pay attention to what's happening, and this is true even with like coworkers or things like that um, yeah. and and I find that just so important because otherwise we get so wrapped up in all the emotional stuff, and that leads us down all kinds of thought patterns that may not relate to the truth, at least that's my experience.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I want to give your listeners a um, a quick and dirty uh, little activity, mental activity that can be applying whenever they're talking to someone. And I call it the six perceptual rivers. All right? um, and these okay. six rivers, it's six, six rivers of exchange. Um, three belong to, if it's one-on-one um, and you're in it, three, three of those rivers are sourced in you and three are sourced in the other person. And they mirror each other, and here they are. The first one is your perception of yourself. You know, that's going to be different than their perception of you. So your perception of yourself, your perception of the other person, and your perception of the nature, quality, and shape of the relationship that you have with them. And then, of course, uh, while that interaction is happening, that person is thinking about their perception of themselves, which is not going to match yours, they're going to think of um, their perception of you, which is not going to match your perception of yourself, and they're going to think of their uh, perception of the quality, shape, and nature of the relationship that you have. Uh, so it has a different meaning for them and for you. So if you're, you can be occupying your mind, and that's how you keep the emotions more uh, and stabilized and at bay, so to speak, because you're occupying your mind with thinking about. Okay, um, now. Who am I in this relationship? Who am I being right now? Um, You know, what does this relationship do for me? What does it do for them? And just pay attention to um, how the conversations flow, the interactions flow between you uh, in the context of occupying your mind with studying that.
0: Okay. Yeah, and and I think that that's – I love that. I love that you're bringing the attention or the focus, I should say, back to self. Because we often get too worried and and get a lot of anxieties created when we're worrying about what somebody else is thinking of us. And if we get back to who am I in this and what is this for me and get that focus redirected back to self, um, I find that a really powerful space to be in. uh, Because I know I could get very wrapped up in being hurt by what somebody else says or being angry or whatever the emotion is. But if I come back to myself and I go, okay, who am I going to be in this situation? Who am yes. I going to present? Who am I right now? Uh, I'm a person that's feeling hurt. I'm a person that is going through this and and what is that about? And what does this mean for me? Um hmm I love this. I love what you're sharing
4: with us. Well, thank you. You know, um, spiritually gifted people typically um, have the have these experiences with, and some on a regular basis, with observing themselves uh, moving through their day. So they're actually conscious on uh, at least two levels. So one, being conscious of the observer, and being uh, also, conscious as the actor. And uh, a lot of people get freaked out when they first <laughs> experience that. But um, if one gets used to it, settles into it, then you realize you actually, uh, if you actually are aware of, of the observer in your mind, uh, that means that you actually now have built enough of a bridge between your higher self and your. Egoic mind that you can actually shift back and forth consciously, and when one knows that one can shift consciously, then the confidence should uh, should rise up, right? <laughs> Cause that's one of the <laughs> biggest problems that spiritually gifted people have is lack of confidence because of being mistreated by so many um, uh, you know folks who you know have ignorant thoughts about such things. <laughs>
0: And that's interesting that, that you bring that in because, um, yeah, our self-confidence is most going to be shaken when we're worried, again, about what other people are thinking or um, looking to them for the signs or the symbols or the to tell us how to act or things like that. And it's it's not up to them to tell <laughs> us how to act. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually had a very yes. similar thought where I was thinking, "Gosh, I love some of these connections I have, but on the other hand, it's like I can't, I can't go out and and send individual reminders to everybody <laughs> to come and listen yes. into the show. I can't do it. It's just me, and I have to stop. And I was trying to think, well, maybe there's some ways that I can help people. Go, for example, okay, if you go to the page, you can ask for a reminder. And mm-hmm. the show page will send you that <laughs> reminder, um,
2: right?
0: Uh, and things. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're bringing that up because I I completely attest to this process because I I have experienced this very thing of becoming aware of the observer within me, and everything shifts. And you're you're absolutely right. My confidence does soar when I engage in that process and it it engages because i'm making the decisions because i'm choosing how i'm going to be instead of getting wrapped up into the reactions and the worries and the fears that all go with wondering what somebody else's thoughts are and what they're thinking and what they want me to be or wherever their head is at
3: <laughs> yeah
4: ab- absolutely yeah in fact um you know that stimulate what you just said stimulates in me a, a a picture here that I wanted to share in my mind you know a mental picture and that is really you know, if you really think about it sort of like an analogy if you will uh, metaphor and if you really think about it uh, spiritually gifted people on this planet at this time are basically prodigies right so. If you think of a prodigy, see, we usually think of a prodigy as somebody who's gonna who can uh, play uh, complicated musical pieces from an early age or uh, scientific genius or something like that. But actually, um, there are uh, you know there are many different ways to be a prodigy and many different and, uh, any any particular thing that, that takes skill one there can be a prodigy in that. So certainly, in when it comes to spiritual awakening, there can be prodigies in that. So anybody. Who actually is spiritually gifted right now, in relation to the um, the uh, mainstream or the masses of the human Earth population, is a prodigy. there's more and more prodigies coming coming uh, into through the birth channel. Now that being the case, think of a prodigy, and where does the prodigy get their training? (laughs) Right when they come into, they go to school. And the, you know, the teachers in the school aren't really geared toward teaching um, uh, prodigies. They're geared toward teaching the average person, right? So the prodigy now has to deal with uh, potentially being bored, right, <laughs> you know, uh, and getting turned off because uh, they try, they see some connections that other people don't see and the teachers punish them for it and all that kind of stuff. This is what I, what's actually happening, right? So... Um, Spiritually gifted, if spiritually gifted people uh, would see themselves as prodigies, um, and it'll be making it easier for them to um, to stop looking for approval from people who couldn't possibly even understand where you're coming from.
0: It's ironic how many people do that—try to get approval from those who have no clue what
2: they're <laughs>
0: going through, exactly. or talking about, or experiencing. I think that's really cool that you brought that up because I think we have, you know, we're starting to push just huge groupings of prodigies and some of the these traditional teaching methods, these uh, ways, and I, I understand that they have to standardize things to a certain extent and everything, but I think we're getting to a point we're going to have to rethink some of those structures because the prodigies are are not functioning under those structures well. And they have these amazing gifts to bring in the world. And I think most of us have amazing gifts to bring into the world um, if we want to bring them in, but we haven't had the environment to to nurture them. And and what I love that I hear you saying is that, you know, going, again, back to self, going back to self-focus, um, and self-choosing that we can bring out this inner prodigy, we can bring out this inner talent or gifted side of ourselves um, when we stop stop the focus on the outer world who really doesn't get what we're going through or trying to bring about and in that process. And then, of course, it's a process of bringing it about to where they can <laughs> get it. It cycles back around, I think.
4: Well, yeah, it's... It, it, it. It's a difficult, um, it's a really challenging problem to solve um, because one, in order to uh, do what you were just describing, which is, which is really what needs to be done, um, one has to have supreme, what I call supreme confidence because uh, if you are a spiritual prodigy, so to speak, um, you come in. Remember when I first started talking uh, on this conversation, I was talking about um, circuits. Uh, activated mental circuits. Well, um, there we're still. On, most people are operating on a fraction of the mental circuits that they could be accessing and using uh, to exchange information from from higher frequency realms and all that kind of stuff. So people aren't active when when those uh, circuits, higher frequency circuits, are not activated, the person is not getting a steady stream of spiritual information. Well, when you're not getting a steady stream of spiritual information, you're left with having to try to uh, figure out how to fit in um, based on the information you are getting, right? So, um, therein lies the, the the element of what that might, we might call faith, because if I have if I'm getting information that is unlike the people around me. Um, And they're not actually receptive to me trying to talk about those things. Um, I have to have the confidence in myself um, that I'm on to something, right? So, yeah, I can share with the people um, who don't know about these things, don't care about these things, um, on subjects that they do care about, but when it comes to the subjects that I need to deal with the most uh, to develop myself, um, I'm going to have to rely on myself. So when the confidence is high, then one can do that. Now when one uh, acts um, according to, you know, grows within, according to their own, listening to their own intuitive message um, coming through them, about them, then uh, what starts to happen is they also start to see patterns um, that will show them how they can help other people grow without necessarily announcing that's what they're doing. (laughs) cause when you tell people, right. like, oh, I'm going to help you grow," then they they put up a wall.
0: <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> I've I've had some people right. just flat out go, "Well, I'm not going to change."
2: <laughs> right. And I'm like,
0: right. "Great.
4: <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. So what so, so that's really um uh, what I is about. I is about um uh, teaching a spiritual prodigy Um, how to mold um, another person's energy, mental energy flow, without ever announcing to the person that you're doing anything of the kind. So you mold other people's energy flow um, largely by the way you listen to them. If you listen to them uh, from the heart and you really try to understand um, what they're um, life motivation is. You understand what they, what their uh, fears and, and joys and all the triumphs are and all of that. And really try to see through their eyes when they describe an experience that they're having instead of trying to place our own values on the other person, we're actually listening through their eyes as much as possible. When that becomes a habit, the other person will start to drop their walls. When they start to drop their walls, that the extent to which the person drops their uh, barriers against you is the extent to which they give you permission to influence them. So usually people won't give you um, um, permission to influence them if you're um, if you're trying to wrestle the permission from them <laughs> by telling them, "Well, I'm going to help you" when they didn't ask you for help. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. But if, but if you listen to them in such a way with with, with a loving heart, then um, chances are the person will feel the the uh, vibration. They'll feel the loving vibration. They will start to tune in more, little more, little by little, more and more to the actual frequency of um, unconditional love. A lot of people talk about unconditional love, but the but it's an actual frequency. It's divine love. It's, you know, <laughs> right? So um, it's a real thing. Um, but only a person who actually has enough control over, or should I say enough emotional intelligence, can express divine love, can do it unconditionally. Because you can pull back all the opinions and all of that stuff, get those out of the way, and really listen to somebody without those.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and there is definitely that difference between it being genuine and being a parent. In there, yes, um, yeah, As you say, because of the way the the vibration is emitted, and I think that what you're describing also explains why sometimes people feel so hurt or so betrayed or um, challenged sometimes in relationships because they've let down those barriers. Without checking in to see if they themselves and the other person are in that vibrational space,
4: mhm, right, and so like
0: we, let, well. we let let these yeah, we let these barriers down, and we do it oftentimes with family um family's a great example, or in relationships, I think where we so much want to connect with somebody or we're so programmed that you have to tell family everything or you, you know, these types of things that family is safe. Um, and you know, maybe in your situation or, or many other people that I've known along the way family wasn't always safe. You know, it was an illusion. And so, you know, when they, they find out that these people are not coming from the same loving vibration or the same space, um, that's where we start to, to get those feelings, I think come through in our, our interactions. And that's where we have to come back as you would say into divine eyes, divine perception and bring ourselves back into that space because, um, where we're choosing to to vibrate at when we're truly in that vibration, uh, it will either shift the people around us and bring them into that vibration with us or um, we'll be able to let go of them or they'll dissipate from our sphere because they don't right. choose to be in vibration with us.
4: Yes. And we should be thankful for that, not... Um, lamenting about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We should be Cause grateful that <laughs> yeah. it's a chosen self. Because if somebody refuses to be in a vibration that's home to you, why are you going to cling to them?
2: <laughs>
4: <You know? laughs> that's asking <active> for trouble. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, unless you have some things to check in on with your own self like control things that are going on, control challenges or something else. And we see that a lot, even a lot of spiritual people um, that I've met along the way. And there's really, you know, they really want to control things. Um, they really want to control how other people are choosing to be instead of just honoring that maybe they're not ready for that step or that, you know, they're they're walking a different space right now. Um and and it's not always easy to honor those those spaces, but, you know, here again, I think that even that need for control, like the hurt, the pain, and the betrayal, and these things, come back around to having let barriers down, and, and spiritual practitioners will do this. They'll let down barriers, for example, to work with clients, and mm-hmm. clients will let that down, and then they find out maybe they're practitioner isn't coming from that loving space walking their talk or the practitioner finds the student isn't really that sincere. And here right. again, here come these these patterns. So I it sounds to me from what you're saying is a lot of these challenges, a lot of these things that we struggle with on an emotional level are because we, we're we're not holding that space or we're not um we're not making sure that the people we're connecting with are choosing to be in that space with us.
4: Yeah, you're right. Uh, and what, what's going on? That, uh, what's the um, primary driver for that? As well, as well said. By the way, thank you, Jesse, for saying that. Uh, what's driving that is uh, a, a core belief that there's uh, that um, the people who are in, interpreting. Uh, human consciousness and what it means to be human actually know what they're talking about when they actually don't because the ones who are interpreting it um, are not access they're not in, their interpretations aren't coming from an access to higher frequency divine information you know from 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 um you know celestial realm so to speak they're, they're actually is their desire for control that is um, in the driver's seat in their interpretation. So even spiritual uh, prodigies, if you will, or light workers, whatever you want to call them, are um, mesmerized by that or are actually caught in the quicksand of those um, lower-frequency interpretations of what is possible. And it's really important to extract oneself from um, from the Gravitic pull, the gravity pull Of those lower frequency interpretations First you have to cleanse Your mind, you have to scrub the mind You have to empty out all the um, False Beliefs and the false uh, ideas And false feelings uh, That actually didn't come from you in the first place Empty all that stuff out In the there's a, There was a book Written by Dan Newman back in the Early 80s I think it was Um, called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. And that movie was in the, uh, I guess, early 2000s, was made into a uh, movie called Peaceful Warrior. And um, the character who became Dan Millman's mentor, he never did give an actual name, so he called him Socrates. And Socrates said to Dan Millman, he he, uh, uh, pushed his finger into uh, Dan's, um um brow chakra, third eye face and he said, um, uh, take out the trash. And <laughs> Millman thought he meant literally go get the trash bags and they said, No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, do that too. But but I'm talking about the trash that's in your mind. <laughs> well and that's and what and that's...
0: Yes. Yes. And that's but, uh But see and a we, problem we have to
4: I was going to say Go ahead. that, but there's a problem. And see, here's the problem that um, most light workers have. Um, it's, it's really difficult to find anybody to muse about that. M-U-S-E, to, to muse, you know, just to have conversations about that, and who actually knows what to do. So it becomes like um, adolescents uh, trying to figure out the meaning of life after they pulled away from listening to their parents. So now they... Are hoping that one of their adolescent friends can uh, can tell them the answers when when they're all equally confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's so true in there, and you know, I think I think this starts to touch into this whole area that uh, as we're growing on our spiritual path this is an example of where the ego can come into play and we don't even see that it's there. We don't even acknowledge that it's it's having a play in things. Um, you know, when we start to place ourselves on those pedestals, you know, it starts becoming a very fine line between holding your your self-value and your self-worth and being greedy or holding, you know, your your positive thoughts and confidence in your work and needing the recognition and needing um, the acknowledgement and the titles and and all of these different things. And so you know, really, it really starts to wake us up when we get into these boundaries. And and I think we, as we're evolving, it's one thing, you know, granted to be excited and want everybody to come on your journey with you and to. You know, be in this loving space once you've started to experience it, you know, and get that that clarity and that wisdom and that knowledge and live by that because once you start to get there, you realize what a great space that can be. And mm-hmm. yet at the same time, if we're holding on to all these people in the process, um, you know, we're we're falling into some martyr patterns and we're falling into some other things that it, it, To me, we really have to stop and step back and say, "Why am I holding on to (laughs) these people that are so dysfunctional? What piece of me is not feeling secure enough, or is still in that space, or you know, you know, what am I afraid of?" And I think, you know, I think it's well expressed by one of my contacts not long ago. Came to me and and was like, "This feels like a really lonely path," and I. I think that there are definitely enough people out there when they're on their path, as they grow spiritually, they feel very alone because they feel mm-hmm. like they don't have very many people to relate to or to talk with. Right. As you were just mentioning and alluding to, um, it becomes a challenge for them and there's it's definitely a bridge that is to be crossed in getting so comfortable in that that space, and as you keep going through it, I think it brings you back around to being able to interact with people in all different types of spaces because of where you end up being and and having that focus on yourself of, of holding the vibration. You learn how to hold it.
4: That's right. Well, the word alone, if you add an L and you separate after the second L, you have all one hmm You know, you really—if we really think about it, um, see, you know, it's, it's all about what we picture in our mind. Um, if I'm going to, um, you know, uh, progress on rapidly um, in my spiritual insight, well, clearly, um, not a whole lot of people are going to be able to uh, come with me on that journey at, uh, you know, the same pace I'm going. Right? If, if you are an elite runner. And you want to run as fast as you can go, it's going to be lonely. (laughs) It's going to be ahead of everybody So, so, um, you know, so what we have to realize is we can't have it both ways. Either we're going to go ahead and keep growing at the pace that really is best for us, or we're going to retard our growth just so we can uh, hang out with people who actually, uh, at some level, are going to be unsat- uh, you know, unsatisfied for us, right? So we got to pick: well, am I going to be unsatisfied, or am I going to um, um, get to begin or tra- shift my relationship with myself? I got to do one or the other. Well, and if, I, I love your
0: example to... about. I love Go your ahead. example about running and being ahead of everybody out there. And I'm always telling people, I say, well, somebody has to be the leader, you know, and a lot of these people who aren't there with you, you're going to be able to help them get there sooner by being that example and holding that space so that they can see what it's like. And, um, you know, we can't all be followers. (laughs) You know, we can't all be waiting for
4: somebody else to go with us. You know how we say, uh, you know, when if we have spiritual gifts, we're spiritually gifted. Um, we need to put on our big boy and big girl pants <laughs> and get moving. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and when we're willing to do that, if we're willing to step into that so-called leader or I like maybe even better example space, um, then the sooner those everybody else is going to come along because it's going to raise the whole it's going to bring it's going to bring people along naturally if you just take care of yourself <laughs> if you just do your that's, own fast. That's,
4: that's true you know i mean because everybody will then you know this is something that i you know I, I still you know i have a small group of um what i call angel trainees you know who i um, sort of mentor, right? And you know, I always, uh, I always tell them that um, you know, while you're lamenting the way people uh, react to you, actually they they see your power, they see the ability that you have, and they're waiting for you to embrace it yourself and to have confidence in it, confidence in it yourself. When you show confidence in what you're and who you are and what you're doing then they will start to follow you. Right now, they're challenging you because they don't see you showing strength. So when you, you know, I had an experience back in the 80s uh, when I was um, a um, a member of, uh, you know, an active member of the Self-Realization Fellowship Paramahansa Yogananda's organization. I ended up getting initiated into Kriya Yoga um, in 89, right? But while, uh, during those years, I remember we had a visit from one of the monks from the mother mother center ashram. And he came, you know, and they would make the rounds to different centers and so forth. So it was interesting because some of the other members who had been involved in the organization longer than I had um, were kind of giving me the evil eye because when the monk came around, he and I got along famously. <laughs> And you know, so so we were telling jokes and having fun and all this kind of stuff, and they were upset, so some of them said, "Well, you corrupted him, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute, you know so you mean somebody who's actually uh, experiencing the love of God in their in their very system running through their veins is um not supposed to be smiling and laughing? It seemed to me. <laughs> You know, if somebody's actually experiencing this firsthand, you're always full of smiles
0: and laughs. I I think definitely Mm -hmm. there's an abundance of that because um, there's so much that comes along the way that you just keep realizing more and more how blessed you are. You know, even if you don't have a lot or things like that, you just that realization sets in on such a deep level that it, it's like, wow, I really you know, I'm not just saying it anymore, I really feel great about this, you know, I'm really comfortable with my space and really happy with what's going on and and um like you say, when you're in that space and you and and you've reached a certain level of confidence or a certain space of confidence you can't help but be happy.
4: That's right. That's right. See, and 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 I just want to, and we we'll get this in here too. Um, you know, I want everybody to hear this. Um, true humility is not um, a, a goal per se to try to achieve the record. True humility is the natural product of supreme confidence. And why is that the case? Well, when you have supreme confidence, and by supreme confidence I mean you know that you are a piece of God, uh, of the highest, whatever you want to call it, right? So if you know you're a piece of that, then you know that you're the same in nature and composition as that, and but you also have free will, so you get to express um, that nature in as, you, um, as it works best for you, right? So... Um, when you have supreme confidence that you are a piece of God and, and your job is to express this divinity um, in the most constructive ways possible and you know that you are endowed with the power to do that, now when somebody comes with negative energy, you can see them for what they are, somebody who's suffering because they don't realize that they're, they don't know what you know, which is that they're a piece of God as well. <laughs> So then we don't have to take that on to ourselves. You know, we can now see. okay, well, now I can have compassion for this person, right? But I don't have to uh, identify with
0: it. Yes, absolutely. And I found that even acknowledging their true self is another way that helps them shift their energy by their own choice, not by outside force per se, but acknowledging that because they might be struggling, for example, to remember, you know, it's kind of like a little piece of amnesia. They might be struggling to remember that that's what they are in that moment because they haven't found that confidence themselves. And, and like you say, when we are truly humble and we're truly operating from that supreme confidence, as you put it, um, we're going to do what we can to provide a space or an environment for other people to experience that.
4: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, cuz rule number 1 um for the likes of me and you know and, and the likes of you as well, um rule number 1 is um n- n- do not under any circumstance interfere with someone else's um, uh, growth, uh, spiritual growth. Do not interfere in any way. So if the, if the person does not want that information, do not try to give it to them mm-hmm. when they don't want it.
0: Right. And and that's a big thing because people do fall into that savor-rescuer kind of pattern, and you know they want to jump in and they're just you know as we've said so anxious for the person to be there with them so anxious it's like I, I want you to grow you've got to do this and we've got to honor them getting there in their own path and time and what I think people oftentimes forget is when we step in on their path and we try to force them there or we try to help them even though they're not ready um we actually are inhibiting them getting there. We're actually creating a resistance or a conflict in their codes that makes it take longer than if we just step back and let them get there.
4: Yes. Plus that bounces back to us as resistance. So, I, you know, I would dare say, um, um, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but, but for the most part, um, whenever a, a spiritual spiritually gifted person is um, really having difficulty with folks mistreating them. Uh, You know, I don't mean, I'm not talking about people who are abusive to everybody, but I'm talking about people reacting badly to their spiritual gifts. Um, Really, if that person would would be okay with not trying to share that stuff with people who clearly are not resonating to it, (laughs) they would have a better experience. I'll give you I'll give you an example from my own, uh experience. Um you know, I, my uh wife uh, has a very um big family and you know, she a few of her siblings have passed away, but she still has there's still 14 or 15 of them uh, alive, right? Uh, so, um but one of the um uh, family members uh said to me one time uh, not too long ago, a few years ago, all you know, all of us used to, we used to think you were weird, right? Um, but now you've changed. You're not, you're not so weird now, and right? and really, what was and what I tell you, what actually changed? I just stopped um, trying to have conversations with them about what's going on in the depths of the mind. I just decided, really, they can't handle that kind of conversation. So why am I trying to bring that to them? So since I stopped trying to have the conversations that I was most interested in, and just really, um, when I'm around them, just go ahead and uh, tune into their radio station. Um, you know, then all of a sudden I became not weird. <laughs> <laughs> what she didn't know, what she didn't know was actually, uh, you know, and all that time. Uh, during that time, I was going deeper and deeper into the thing that they thought I was weird about in the first place. So if anything, I was more weird. It's just that I was able to uh, keep them from seeing anything. <laughs> right. Right.
0: And and I think that that is part of the confidence level, is that you're confident in what you have, and you know you don't have to constantly be talking about it, you can just simply be that. You can own it. You can say, Yeah, this interests me or, you know, this is my thing. I mean, I oftentimes I have groups of people I'm I'm with and they'll be sharing different things and they always look at me like Do you always come up with something totally different than what we're expecting.
2: <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> totally different than the average person and they just kinda look at me like there's something there I kind of want to get to know it. It's really fascinating, but I don't know how to relate to it. And, yeah, it's a little scary, too. Yeah, and if we keep trying to talk all this talk, like if you kept going and talking the way you were talking with your family, I mean, that's just like foreign language to them. And if they haven't learned yeah. the language, they're not going to understand you. And right. so you have to learn how to speak their language, even if you're coming from the same place.
4: Yes, that's actually what—that's exactly what ISI is all about. That's 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 it in a nutshell. Interaction science, right? The science of 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 um, dancing dynamically with others, and while you're interacting with them, even though um, your frequency, even though your radio frequency is much different than that, so you're actually tuning into the frequencies of everybody around you and and like a chameleon, but at the same time keeping your integrity. That's what it's about. And my mother, see, um, um, you know, your synopsis there about uh, the confidence thing, it was uh, very apropos. Um, it took me a while to understand what my mother used to tell me all the time. Uh, she used to say very uh, succinctly, uh, dare to do, to be, and to be silent. Interesting. Yes, and she was talking about uh, spiritual um, development stuff because we had we used to talk for hours and hours on that stuff after I discovered um, um, you know some a stream of information. My first stream of information that I discovered was the. CF- Theosophical Society material By Alice Bailey and others Um, So so I always wanted to have Conversations about this stuff So um, And I remember I was 28 years old When I discovered this stuff And I called her up I was so excited Hey Ma, wow, I discovered this stuff Wow, you know, finally some stuff That kind of leads me to explain Some of the stuff that's been going on in my life and in my mind and all that stuff, now I have some language to kinda of talk use to talk about it, right? For the first time. And she was just calm and everything and then um when I was done with my um enthusiastic you know, overzealous um whatever, raving or whatever, she said, Oh yes, I've been waiting for you to Get to this point, <laughs> I said, <"What?" laughs> right? I said, "How come you never said anything?" And she said, very calmly, "Would you have listened to me?" I said, "No, I guess you're right." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and isn't that the case? You know, and and we have to remember sometimes people have to do that exploration and get that enthusiasm and and get the experience of that discovery process. And and silence truly can be as powerful as anything else um, out there, as powerful as a word or an action or or any of it. Um, and Tim, this is this is fun to share with you because I get to experience this light-hearted side of you, which you know I I could get little pieces of when you would respond to my posts and things like that, but. It's mm-hmm. hard when you're online to really capture somebody's essence like I can in a phone call like this or on yes. air like this. And mm-hmm. um, and I love that you're bringing this into the world and helping people with this because I think so many people are in this in between spaces, we might say, in between the spiritual world, but still wanting to be able to have interactions and not really knowing how to be spiritual and have human interactions and interact with the the physical world. And I I think there's a lot that have felt very lost. We look at the indigos and different things, and I think they're a good example of that in -hmm. there. But this has been a pleasure. And, And I, you know, we're winding down on our time here. But I would love for you to maybe give you know, some sort of closing thought or point that you really want people to have uh, to walk mm-hmm. away from today and, and make sure that they know how to contact you so that they can follow up with this work that you're doing because we know you have. Um, and the reason I should mention that people are getting your Facebook page from the show as opposed to a website is because your website is under revision right now and it's under major shifts and changes (laughs) that Mm -hmm. um, are taking a little bit longer than anticipated. So following you on Facebook really is the best option right now where they can stay tuned to this, more of this coming out.
4: Yes. I need to also, I haven't uh, thought to talk about them, but I, I'm in the production on the first uh, I have a I'm working on a five um a five book series that uh the first has an o- has an overview book uh, um and then four uh eyesight stage uh workbook type of um materials. Um so the first two, the overview book and the uh soul review book are um due to probably be released hopefully by um, sometime in December um it will be ebook in ebook form um, the the overview book here's the title of it it's called um learn ISI, um and that's the that's the title and then the subtitle is introducing interaction science to awaken your genius and then the um self review stage the first stage book the self cleansing book it's called um, The Power of You, uh, Transform Your Life Through Soul Review. So those will be out there being published by Ex Liberis. So um, hopefully within the next um, several weeks or so. So we're in production and all that stuff. So, um, 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 But yes, I want to leave everybody with um, the message that What I really came here to say that, and when I say here, I mean to to this planet at this time to say, uh, you're incredibly powerful. You're making great great headway. Um, Stay the course. Don't let anybody turn you uh, around and turn you against yourself. Because your your power is starting to grow. Your ability to uh, connect with all of these uh, parts of yourself is really starting to come together. And the more it comes together, the more you are accelerating. So just keep going and um, keep it simple. Don't look for magic and don't look for somebody else to do it for you. You have everything you need to do it for yourselves. Um, so just believe in that and then go explore that. Believe it and explore it. I, I
0: think my that's perfect. I, oh,
4: one last thing. And one last thing. My wife and I say this to each other. I sigh, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I <High> maybe. <side, baby. laughs> <That's awesome. laughs>
0: you know, I I love this again. What you're bringing out, and I love that everything's on the t- you know edge of being released right now, where people can get hold of this. So, um, I I think this has turned out to be great timing um, for people to get to know your work and to get to see this. And um, yeah, definitely. You you just you summed up some great closing thoughts there and I'm going to leave it as it is <laughs> because mm-hmm. it, it really was well said about knowing that power there um, and and working with that. Jim, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. And again, for, for those people that would like to connect with Tim and his work, uh, you can do so, facebook.com forward slash learnisci.com. Uh, L- uh, that's L-E-A-R-N-I-S-C-I and uh, you'll be able to connect with him through there and, and check out what he's doing communicate with him talk with him and uh, and see what's happening but I really thank you for giving your time to us today and sharing and being on air with us and um, you know putting this yeah. information out there making it accessible well, <laughs>
4: Well, you know, I, was, well, I appreciate the um, big fun. It's been big fun for me, and I uh, hope for you as well. And I can tell you, um, you know, and I wanted to make sure I said this to you before we hang up, but um, I got to a point on the LinkedIn where the only uh, the only one whose post I would respond to was yours. <laughs> Everybody else, you know, <laughs> would would come with some other craziness uh, on occasion. So I said, well, the only one I know is going to keep it positive and keep it real is Jesse. (laughs) so i appreciate you for that too
0: well well thank you i've always loved when you've jumped in because you always have a, a wonderful piece of insight and knowledge to to share and um and that's always been greatly greatly appreciated in there and I, I do want to mention that next week on the show, I'm going to be running my own show on codes um, for different gemstones. And uh, codes of stones, as they might say, gemstones, crystals, I'm going to be taking a look at those. And that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, just, you know, I've got my work out there as well. You can you can check it out. I just put out recently uh, another monthly video. Every month I put out a video tip of something that's going on. Um, I have a monthly special that goes on. This particular month, I've got 50% off of all of my books. Uh, The only one that I don't have discounted is the one that is in the process of coming out, um, which is not in my power to to give discounts on. But my Activating Compassion books, my uh, books on relationships, You, Me, Life, Dreams, are all 50% off this month, so it makes a great gift. It doesn't matter whether it's ebook or paperback, um, you can get that. Uh, you can also check out the code interpretation work that I'm doing, Connect With Me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Those are some of the easiest of social media to connect with me on and uh, and follow that. And, uh, and just see wherever I'm at as far as events and things going on. I'll have an event coming up around the end of December, uh, right now it's looking like it's gonna be in soup balls, but hey, I'm I'm always open. <laughs> if somebody mm-hmm. says, Hey, I've got ten people over here, come travel, I'll I'll be there.
3: <laughs> not a problem. Yeah.
0: Um so so I'm I'm a little bit flexible in that sense. And you can also catch again the archive shows not only for uh my show here, but all of the Main Street Universe shows through my website. And again, that's Jesse Ann, Nichols George, the number one dot com. And uh, don't forget, we do have other shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Our, Our really consistent other show is Tuesday evenings with Susan Weed, who shares her work in herbs and natural plants. Phenomenal in her knowledge on that. Definitely tune in. Wednesday nights have been very consistent as well. Uh, Daniel, Janice, uh, they're getting back into a flow. Janice is working on bringing her own show to the air right now, and uh, Daniel's been doing some different topics and guests and things coming along, and uh, those have been very interesting. So Wednesday nights, uh, oftentimes 7 p.m. Eastern time, um, and then Darren Becker is back on the air again. He's coming back with us, and he's doing some consistent shows uh, he's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, so he's a lot of fun. He has what he calls spiritual insights that he provides as well as doing readings on the air. And then Kevin Baird has been doing some consistent shows with his uh, new companion invention, which it, those that have been following my show know I had Kevin on. He was the last Activating Compassion show that I did, and that was at the end of July. And you can catch that interview that I did of him on his um on his work through my website as well. And, hey, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I want to thank you so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only through Blog Talk, but those listening live through PIN, known as Par Encounters Network, Stream Finder and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, com, and those that will be catching the YouTube version of our show. I definitely look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you with a song by Shimshai called Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. And, again, you can connect with Shimshai and the rest of their work at www.shimshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if
2: I could see
1: what makes me blind I would sort to the edge of my mind And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with a season of change inside and we are in tune with the two, caught in a balance of sun and moon. All oh, deep inside, the sight. So to the edge of the sanity. Walk just a little bit slower, whispering secrets that you can't keep it. No turning back now, this time we we'll reveal it. Once you are not alone, will discover the essence.